Jane, Jane Caro, welcome to uh, The Last Post, and um, thanks for joining us here to discuss this very important topic. Um, you and I were both at the uh, fifth, I think it was, annual Elder Abuse Conference in Sydney recently. Um, what was your take on that? Well, I thought that it was an extremely important... I mean, I was there for only one of the days. I emceed, I think it was the second day of the conference. That's right. Um, and uh, the day that I was present, I thought it was an exceedingly important conference and that, you know, it's another of these issues and we seem to be finally talking about a whole lot of things that I think we've kept hidden for uh, far too long, um, you know, which is really raising... Um, the carpet we swept these things under mm. um, and taking a long, hard look at who is most vulnerable, why it happens and what we should be doing to protect uh, vulnerable elderly people from um, abuse. But also I think it's very uh, interesting and powerful that a lot of people, and certainly the conference was doing this, mm. were connecting ageism with uh, one as one of the drivers of elder abuse. In fact, you know, acknowledging that as it is with sexism, as, as it is with racism, as it is with homophobia, that it is um, prejudice which enables people to dehumanise a group and then treat them um, in ways that they would not uh, even dream of treating other people. Yes, well said. And that de dehumanising seems to be part of the process that goes through to allow them to do that. It, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's not logical thinking, but I know that, the, <coughs> pardon me, the discussions did cover many different levels of not only ageism, but that being enacted into discrimination. <coughs> and, of course, uh, financial, uh, sexual yeah. um, ageism does exist. And I guess... Part of the process is to keep that in the in the in the eye of the the public. Do you think it achieved that? Uh, look, I, I I think it did what it could do. Uh, the public is a perennially fickle beast, so, and um, you know it, its attention will um, dissipate. But I think these conferences are doing a couple of things. The first is they are. Um, you know, re-energising the people who work in the sector so they get a chance to cross-fertilise with one another to hear new ideas and that is not to be sneezed at. That is a really important thing that needs to be done. Uh, and also um, there was a lot of media attention around the conference and I think that that's always important. But, um, you know, keeping it in front of the uh, public's eye constantly, that's a, that's a you, you need a hell of a big budget to do that for just about anything. Yeah. So I, I think that, um, you know, uh, the people who organise the conference are correct to put their effort and energy into certain crucial points when they get the attention for a while. That is a very good use of money and um, uh, it, 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 that works cumulatively so that over a time, I mean, I think about, you know, only a few years ago, people would never heard, have heard the term elder abuse. Mm, and mm. now it's, um, you know, very much uh, understood and in people's, you know, lexicon. So that in itself is an achievement. The issue is now in front of people. They're aware of it and horrified by it in the main. Yeah, so well said, Jane. And I think it's if I draw the analogy, um, sometimes when I ring up people to discuss um, the last Post magazine, they might say, well, veterans, what's that got to do with me? But, of course... Well, they will be one if they're lucky. Yeah, that's right, exactly. And, of course, with, with the elderly people too, um, it seems to be something that uh, you talked about being swept under the carpet, and that's probably very true. A lot of people don't seem to even consider it uh, if they're not of an age. 
has it got to do with education, do you think? Uh, look, I think it's complex. I think it's got to do with um, the fear that, you know, people don't like to think about getting older. They don't like to think about getting older for one very simple reason, and that is um, it brings them closer to death and the end of their life. Mm. And so, you know, one of the ways that people um, cope with that, the knowledge, I mean, we're the only animal that has a knowledge of our own demise, um, one of the way that people, ways that people cope with that is to be in sort of permanent denial, that it'll ever happen to them. And so there is a, uh, if you're in denial, then you will not want to be reminded of the fact that uh, you will get old and eventually you will die. And so that is part of the problem, that we are actually um, fighting people's psychological coping mechanisms. Uh, in that they don't want to think about their own, their own future as an elderly person and their own fragility and yes. vulnerability and ultimate disappearance. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, again, well said, and of course, it uh, happens to all of us, so I think... Um, <clears throat> well, if we're lucky. Yeah. Otherwise, we don't get, we don't get old. I mean, I, I keep saying to people, there's only one way off this planet, and that's to die. There is no other way out. That's it. No, no, there's no, uh, <clears throat> there's no ticket to paradise, and uh, uh-uh. uh, indeed, and as Lily Tomlin said once, we're all in this together, alone. Yeah, exactly, we're all in this together alone, and... Uh, <laughs> You know, there was a very good line, I think uh, someone at the Benevolent Society said it originally, which is, every time you discriminate against an older person, you shoot your future self in the foot. Yeah. Because you're discriminating against yourself in a few years' time. Yeah. Um, And so I think, you know, it does strike me now that I've turned 60 that um, young people do all labour. I laboured under it too, an illusion that I would always stay young. Yeah, and uh, you know you get older than you ever thought, quicker than you ever thought possible. It's incredible. And, uh, yeah. uh, it's a hard message to communicate to people who just think that's a long way off in the future and they don't need to worry about it. Yeah, it's so well said too. And I remember uh, people, my parents' friends would say, and indeed my parents would say, make the most of it because it goes by so quickly. And of course, when the percentage of your life is is as a junior or a youngster, you don't think that that will happen but or indeed that it will happen quickly but but it does and it does happen quickly so coping mechanisms are very much a part of survival and I guess when that's affronted by um, prejudice and and ageism then then it can be a bit of a a setback for those less psychologically prepared to deal with it do you do you find that uh, there are a majority of elderly people that that are aware of this going on or, or and they're strengthened enough to cope with it or well, I, I think that I, I think it's almost impossible to be an older person and not uh, come up against ageism. Indeed, it's my observation that for older men, it's particularly challenging because for most of their life, if they're white and straight, mm. they've been a member of the group that is allowed to be individuals. We don't lump men together in a group. We don't say, oh, well, men drivers for example, yes. whereas we say women drivers and we do say Asian drivers. And, you Why know, is that? Because when you are the norm, when you are the dominant culture, you are the, the, the benchmark against which everyone else is measured. And so you get to be an individual and everyone else is representative of their total group. But when men get to a certain age, for the first time in their whole lives, really, they become part of a group. So they go from being you to being an old codger. Or an old bastard yeah, yes. and an old driver. Yeah. You know, oh, he's a bloody old driver. You know, you 
you can always tell that you've gone into a group when suddenly that happens to you. You're not a, you're not a person anymore. You're a representative of something. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why I've often argued that men actually find ageing more confronting than women, even though the conventional wisdom says the opposite, hmm. because um, I do sometimes half joke that women are used to being irrelevant. Oh, <laughs> you know, they've been lumped. They've been lumped together in a group for all their lives, sure. so it doesn't come as much of a surprise to them. But I think it comes as a real shock to a lot of older men. And the interesting thing is if they've been in positions of power and influence, which mm. a disproportionate number of uh, uh, white men have been mm. um, in comparison to um, other groups, they may have done some pretty heavy-duty age discrimination themselves. And mm. then, wacko, it hits them in the back of the head. Yeah, well said too. And I think... You see that in some some men will get angry um, at the process itself and uh, this feeling that you just described of uh, relative irrelevance. But but I guess ageism comes in many forms. I remember being 10 years old and uh, parents would say, well, we've known this couple for 20 years, and you would think, 20 years? How could you know someone for 20 years? <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, I know. Ageism and... and, and years are relative of course um and and the other thing that happens is look, his life speeds up but i was struck too at the conference at, at how vulnerable older women are yes particularly yes. to abuse that that came well, you chaired you chaired a discussion on that yes i did can you tell and us a little about it please yeah well it was um, really talking about um just the quite terrifying statistics of the number of older women who suffer all forms of abuse, including physical, like actually being, you know, physically abused, mm. and how the um, most common perpetrators, and this is just really tragic, are their sons. That I think, I can't remember the statistics off the top of my head, but I think it was something like 40% what? of abuse is perpetrated by sons, and something like 20% by daughters. So it's not that daughters don't do it, but it's just mm. much less. Um, and a lot of financial abuse uh, for older women seems very much caught up in um, a sequence assumption that money is um, belongs to men and that when, say, and most women end up as widows, we know that, that, mm -hmm. um, you know, most women live longer than their male partners, mm. they end up as widows and there is an, a, sometimes an assumption by sons primarily yes. that the money then should go to them. Yes. And uh, they want to, um, <clears throat> there's a fair amount of resentment and anger and bitterness and uh, also manipulation and persuasion about getting women to turn over their um, finances to their sons. Yes. Um, and indeed, Anna Bly, in her presentation as um, head of the Bankers Association, spoke about how tellers often feel um, completely hogtied. They, they, they don't know what to do when they realise that somebody's an elderly person. Uh, bank account is being drained by the person they've handed guardianship over to, mm, um, mm. and they, you know, they know they can see what's going on, but they don't know what to do about it. So, you know, there are lots of discussions we need to have about um, safeguarding older uh, Australians from that sort of thing as well. Yes. And you know, this is a, going to become a pressing thing because people are living so much longer. Yes, of course, and with the uh, the demographic and the the percentage of those uh, commonly known as the baby boomers, you and among, you and yeah. I are amongst them, but but with the discrimination comes prejudice and also, I guess, 
or vice versa, and the dangers of being preyed upon, as we've just spoken about. Mm. And each gender has its own things to deal with there. You discussed um, the, the men's side of things and also mm. the women. Um, mm. I think, look, for me, um, it's never been an issue, even as a youngster, because uh, I guess it was about respect. And I, I don't know, I don't want to hold myself up as holier than now, but, but at least if you can converse on an intelligent level with people older than you, then you understand them a lot better. So uh, uh, some people tend to write off those uh, that are in a different age group uh, and often comes from those that are younger towards those that are older and not vice versa. Mm. Yes, yes. It's, well, it, it, I mean, I, I do think respect is something that we should just offer to other human beings because of their, our shared humanity. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know... Uh, it, you know, we are we are strangely intolerant of the old, and we um, often make them quite invisible. I mean, plenty. I remember my mother telling me that, you know, when she let her hair go completely white. Yeah. She she remembers getting to the front. She was buying a sandwich at a sandwich bar. Yeah. And she got to the front of the queue, and <laughs> the person who was making the sandwiches and the man behind her, who was younger and taller than she was spoke to each other. He ordered his sandwich straight over the top of her head as if she wasn't there. What? And she actually, being my mother, who would never allow you to think she wasn't there, she eventually spoke up and said, excuse me, I was ahead of you. And they both looked at her with shock. They had just disappeared her. She, they didn't see her because she was uh. a white-haired old lady. There is a sense in which people feel that the elderly are irrelevant, mm -hmm. that the future doesn't belong to them you know, that they will have gone soon, that they're irrelevant, they no longer matter. And I think this is particularly um, damaging and hurtful to older people, this sense of being completely invisible and irrelevant. Well, yeah, I totally agree with that. And just a, a couple of stories from me. There was some... Um, uh, this thing that ageism can happen at any age. I was oh, in yes. discussions um, with this uh, this guy when I was in my mid-30s, and I was saying, look, i got, I got to go, I'm going home for a nap. And, and he goes... Oh, is that what you do at your age? <laughs> in my mid-30s, Jane. He was about 22 or something. Um, and then another thing, uh, when we were children, we lived next door to, we were lucky enough to live next door to this guy called Willie Wakelin. And Willie was about 92. And initially we had thought he was a grumpy old man because he'd told us not to climb on the tree near the fence. But as it turns out, he was worried about us falling on his fence. But over the next three or four years, as a 13-year-old growing up, uh, I would go in there and, and sit down and talk with Willie. His wife had died three or four years previously. He had a beautiful garden, and he had such great words to convey. Um, so I learned at an early age that this was a beautiful thing. Um, and I guess women too, you know, it's a great attraction for, for a woman to be able to converse intellectually um, and that doesn't change with age, so why should uh, attitudes, I guess? Yes, I know. It's a, it's a very strange thing, but I do think it is something to do with the um, fear of uh, our own ageing, our own, um, you know, the fact that life uh, ends. Mm -hmm. um, makes us turn our faces away from people getting older around us because it reminds us of it. Mm. Um, and also, you know... There are declines that come with ageing. They can be declines in terms of um, your physical um, limberness, you know, that, that you might be a little slower when you walk down the street or uh, your eyesight might not be quite as good or your hearing might not be quite as good. Yeah. Um, 
and you know all those sorts of things are um, losses and they can lead to impatience in younger people um, and I think uh, that, that, that a level of kindness is required mm-hmm. but mm. it, but just because someone's eyesight isn't what it was once sure. was that their feet may, may hurt more than they used to and their ears may not be quite as sharp yeah. does not mean that their brain isn't operating no, or so even if yeah. they are suffering from um, Alzheimer's or dementia or, mm. um, you know, a, a, a lessening of uh, mental acuity with age. That doesn't mean they should be treated uh, brusquely or with impatience or unkindly. No. Um, you know, that, that, or that they have no right to their money and no right to um, live some kind of a decent life or, or that they can be hit and abused um, with impunity. Yeah. Um, the two things don't go together at all. I do think, however, that one of the things we really need to think hard about is the kind of pressure we put on families and carers, yeah. particularly, it must be said, daughters, yeah. when they care for older parents, and that, you know, it is really um, unconscionable of society to expect women to look after small children and then just as the small children grow up and don't need them anymore, oh, sorry, yeah, no, yeah, you're not going to get any time for yourself, you're not going to have to look after your elderly yeah. parents. Oh, you're about and to go for a trip. Oh, no, 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 we'll see. <laughs> you know, you've got to look after such and such now. You know? That's right, <clears throat> yeah. We get constantly demanding <clears throat> that they put other people's interests first. And then, of course, we get the result that's happening now where we have women who are retiring with half the super of men or no super at all yep. fastest growing group amongst the homeless women over 55 because they've spent their life looking caring for other people and haven't been able to put any money aside for themselves so you know the consequences of expecting women to pick up the slack and do the caring mm-hmm. um is not going to work this has to be a whole of society thing and mm-hmm. it also has to be um you know, supported by governments, there needs to be respite care, there needs to be um, help for carers who are overwhelmed, and there also needs to be a look at how they avoid becoming financially um, dependent in their own old age. These yeah. are all things we need to think about. Yeah, you've covered a whole lot of things there which are totally relevant and totally accurate with what you're saying also, and I know some of that discussion was centred at the conference too, Jane. Yes, it was. We, yes, it was. we spoke about um, just... A, Going back uh, a few minutes when you said about uh, denial of, you know, uh, eyesight, hearing, etc., etc. <clears throat> a funny story. I'm only 61, but, but I'm the only one in the family that doesn't wear glasses. And, <laughs> no, that's, but, but it's not an ego thing. But I, I, I don't really need them. But it's funny. I was out with this woman friend of mine in Sydney about three months ago. And, and she, she's got glasses. And, and I said, oh, no, I don't need any. So we're reading the menu. And then I said, "Can I borrow your glasses?" Yeah. <laughs> so it's been, so ever since then she brings a spare pair along. Fine. Spare <laughs> pair for you. That's Look, nice. I, you know, I think I, I started having to wear glasses when I was in my forties. Yeah. Know, now I'm totally dependent on them. But, um, things like that, you know, will come to us all, as I say, if we're lucky and <laughs> we um, we live long enough to experience both both the challenges and, of course, the delights of getting older. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, the, the tragedy is, as was pointed out in the conference, that those who have been marginalised and made vulnerable all their lives are also much more vulnerable as they age. Um, you know, people who are um, in lower socioeconomic um, areas, people who, who are um, oh, LWRTVHQI yeah, yeah. community, but that was one of the things that came up in the panel 
on gender yep. was the terrible discrimination against um, LGBTQI uh, couples in particular um, when they age by uh, some religiously run... Um, I know, I heard a story or two about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Old care, aged care facilities. Just shocking. Those, those facilities, if they have that kind of discrimination and won't allow the long-term partners to, to share the room or visit in the same way or be regarded as family. Really, they should lose their public funding. That's not appropriate. Yeah, totally agree, totally agree. I think uh, there's a lot of um, things that need... To, and, of course, uh, the strength of the conference, Jane, was having a bunch of um, like-minded people with different angles on the same subject, but, of course, aiming towards the same target, uh, and the target, of course, being awareness and education. Um, it may seem like a slow journey at times, life and the lessons itself, but it all has to start somewhere. So very happy to be part of something so progressively positive. Mm, oh, yes. I was honoured to be invited to MC the second day of the conference. Um, it is something that I am um, turning my mind to more and more, no doubt, as a consequence mm. of getting older, but also I think as a consequence of it becoming... Um, more uh, top of mind generally in the community. Uh, and I do think that it's, you know, a really important area for all of us to be aware of and all of us to um, continue to work to defeat all forms of stereotyping and prejudice because mm. they limit mm. um, people's opportunities, but they also limit the kinds of contributions that they can make to the rest of us. And that is really stupid on our part. There's a whole wealth of experience and um, uh, wisdom and intelligence that we're losing. Uh, yeah, by, yeah, yeah, you yeah know, totally, totally. Yeah, you yeah. know, which is just dumb. We can't afford to, to lose that stuff. We've invested in it. Yes. Um, you know, we could still be getting a return. And we really do need to look at the um, tendency of employers to favour young people mm-hmm. and, and fire older people when they get to a certain age. Mm-hmm. Um, that is... Um, extremely problematic as well. Mm. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a quite a beautiful thing, the, the perception of uh, being able to understand the process. I have um, the same female friend that lent me her glasses. It uh, was, was quite an astonishingly beautiful uh, woman when she was younger. And she's my age now and still is beautiful. But <clears throat> I prefer to look at her now mm. than, than to look at her as how she used to be, understanding that, She's no longer that person, but she does have a lot of experience and a lot of things there that probably um, increase the beauty. Yes, that's right. I mean, you know, there are very many different kinds of beauty. There is a tremendous beauty that goes with being young and, and, and you know, smooth-skinned and all that kind of thing. And it's easy to features. be beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but there is another kind of beauty that goes with the expression in the eyes and what has been learnt and kindness and warmth and uh, all that kind of thing. And I think, you know, most people pretty uh, can see it when they see it. And, and I, don't want to, I don't want to say every elder person is, you know, a saint. Yeah, um, no, that's right. Yeah, wisdom does not always come with that. Once age. a bastard, always a bastard, perhaps. <laughs> yes, and some people will seem to resist any yeah. um, increase in wisdom. But, yeah, I, 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 you know, older people, in fact, I think that's the point, older people are just as varied as any other group in society um, and cannot and should not be lumped into one... Um, Pigeonhole, totally, totally right. Yeah, totally right. Um, that's, that's, that's 
that I think was very much came out of the conference. Yeah, very important. yeah. You don't you don't become suddenly a saint when you reach sixty, for instance, or no, seventy. No. That's right. Or boring. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Silly. But, that's right. That's right. And talking of boring, you know, uh, I guess some one of the things I hate to hear in a conversation is a boring person talking, and then you're hoping, geez, I hope this talk doesn't go for too long. And then this boring person goes, anyhow, I'll get to that a bit later on. Yeah, no, then your heart sinks. I must say, in the day that I uh, emceed, yeah. I didn't think any of the speakers were like that. I thought they were really terrific, very well chosen, and extremely. Um, informative and interesting. It was so stimulating, Jane. Um, yeah, it was great. I just thought the whole conversation conversations were based on um, doing something positive and, as I said, keeping the public eye. Just finally, um, advertising. Do you think advertising is slanted towards or against those of an age? Uh, look, it's it very firmly was slanted against them. And there is still some problems with that as well. But I think there has been a recognition that there is a very important market emerging that uh, advertisers until quite recently have totally ignored, mm. and that is the market of um, older women. Um, and I say older women specifically because I think until quite recently there was a view that older women were just spending their husbands' money, you know, either the inheritance or the housekeeping. Mm. But, of course, this, this group of older women, the baby boomers in particular, are a revolutionary generation, indeed I'm writing a book about this, because they are the first women in the history of the world who have mostly earned their own money for most of their lives. Mm -hmm. and, and so they are much more used to spending money on themselves because they've earned their own money. They didn't have to ask permission uh, to spend money. It was theirs, paid to them in their name. And I've, I've just noticed this huge explosion in things like writers' festivals and book clubs and, um, you know, all those kinds of cultural events. And a lot of them are being driven by, you know, travel, culinary travel, you know, people going yes. on cooking tours yes, and yes. artist tours and all that kind of stuff. Yes. It's being driven by women over a certain age. And um, <clears throat> as soon as people have money to spend, it's amazing how their importance goes up in the society. And as soon as they're making decisions about that money being spent, there's also been some research to say that there's a great, a huge wealth transfer occurring at the moment in society where as the, the um, very old are dying and leaving their money to their children, mm -hmm. many of whom are baby boomers and many of whom are women because, of course, they tend to out, baby boomer women tend to outlive their husbands and their brothers. Mm. And so there's this huge transfer of wealth to those fortunate women who then become a very important um, market. So they are going up in interest. And I think things like Me Too, Frances McDormand and Meryl Streep and Helen Mirren and Judy De you know, these films that are obviously pitched, the Best Little Marigold Gold Hotel, they're obviously pitched at that demographic and are doing extremely well. Yeah. Um, this is a big change. Yeah. I think, however, what we have is two groups of older women in particular, those that are, um, you know, uh, suddenly finding they've got, for the first time in their lives, money and time, mm -hmm. and they're going to enjoy it, uh, and those who unfortunately have not got the money mm -hmm. and who are finding themselves in a very dire situation indeed. So it's quite a, co a study in contrasts. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, watch this space. I think we'll see some really quite interesting developments. I was at a 
function today where uh, for HCF for International Women's Day where they announced that they were going to pay, uh, continue to contribute to their female employees super mm. throughout their unpaid parental leave up to 52 weeks of it, which is a fantastic way of trying to close that superannuation gap which looms so large for yes. older women when they retire. So yes. I see hope. Um, it's a growing, we've got a big um, number of people who are, are, you know, getting older and above 60, etc. And, you know, quite a few of them have got money and, and they've got time and they want to spend it and they're staying healthy for longer. Yeah. So, you know, yes, that in and of itself will bring interest from people with stuff to sell. Yes, and I think also you spoke about women's position there and I think um, an ongoing education for people that... Um, I, I, I just, on a personal thing, I remember when I was 17, um, my mother was a poet and a singer and, and she gave up singing when she met my father because her father, my dad wanted her to stay at home for heaven's sake. Jeez. And yeah, anyhow, yeah, and then mum's friend, um, was she was lovely, <clears throat> Betty. Uh, Betty was a teacher and I used to love nothing more than <clears throat> going around to Betty's place and discussing politics with her because it was just brilliant. So I think people need to understand that um, yes, women do have children and, as you say, <clears throat> are often um, shackled to the house in some ways or have been in the past, but do have great things to say um, <clears throat> and an awareness of that, I think, it will help women, as they do tend to outlive men, survive in the latter years. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's all about respect, isn't it? And uh, yes, I yeah. think until relatively recently, women didn't have as much respect as they should have done. And older people do not have as much respect as they should have either. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's what we're fighting for. Well, I think that's right. Both are based on fear. You said about growing old yeah. because, of course, that's where we all go if we're lucky enough. And I think, secondly, with the women, um, the um, those that do prejudice and have done in the past base maybe that on a fear. And I don't know what that fear is. Do they think that if women are outsmarting men that they won't want to live with men or something. I don't know. I don't know. That's a very, very sad fear. That's true. Somebody, somebody has uh, put forward the idea that men fear women because they fear that women will do to them what they did to women. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. And, and women's equality, I mean. But, um, yeah. I, you know, I think, I think men in a way have... Well, I think what men fear, and it's perfectly understandable that they would fear it, is um, the loss of an advantage. And, um, you know, uh, when you lose an sure. advantage, and it may not feel like you're coming back to equality, it feels like you're losing something. And, you know, demonstrably, men have had an advantage over women in just about any area like to, to name. So, yeah, yeah. you know, women are asking men to give something up. Yep. But what they don't recognise is that they will also gain something if they give that up. They will gain a more equal partnership with their female... Um, lovers, friends, daughters, everybody. And also the greatest gift, I think, of all is they will probably gain more personal life, more um, uh, more contact with their own emotions and more understanding of how to talk about them, name them, deal with them, experience them. And also I think, and this is the most precious thing of all, time with their children, a relationship with their children that they've been to some extent. I mean, if I think about the way fathers were when I was young... Yeah. Yeah, they, they hardly knew their kids. We were all terrified of fathers. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. wasn't actually terrified of mine, but all my friends' fathers, we were terrified of them. Kids just aren't terrified of fathers anymore, and that is a direct, a direct gift to men 
from feminism. Yeah. So there are things to be gained as well as lost. And it, I think men haven't quite worked that out yet. Yeah, I t- well, some of us have. It's a beautiful thing. Because, as I said, it is a beautiful thing, and the it opens the door to so much more. Yeah, it's the it's the it's the base respect. You know, if, if the two genders can't respect each other, then what hope has any other group got? So, you know, that's that's why I think as women uh, rise in status in the world, they bring with them um, so many other outgroups as well, including those who are aging.